This is Uncle Yab, and we're Gabby with Yab. Um, tonight we have an um, interesting, interesting guest tonight, a young lady by the name of uh, Bethann Codrington. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to ask you a few questions. Uh, how you doing? You know, for most, how you doing today? I'm good. Okay, I'm all right. Tired. My bedtime's at seven. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, thanks for coming out, helping us out, and everything like that. I appreciate it. So, um, tell me where you're from. It says here you're from Everett, Mass. Well, I was, yeah, till I was five. Then I've been. I'm a Bostonian. Oh, okay. Good. So I've been raised. Born and raised. Yeah. Okay. Boston. All right. And um, well, we talked about this already. You said um, I, I had creeped your Facebook page, so you've been married since uh, December two thousand three, December twenty first. I think. Okay. All right. Like I told you I was high <laughs> when okay. I got married. Okay, no wrong with that. Wasn't that life? So. Yeah, I hear you. I, I hear think you. it was. I got you. Now they said you had a couple of nicknames too, uh, Bethy and Pancho. Well, Pancho is my mother's nickname for me. Oh, okay. It's like and, and Bethy, Beth, um, people called me all through my life, but when I turned my life around, it became my real name, Beth Ann. Mm -hmm. Nobody called me Beth Ann. Nobody knew my name was Beth Ann. Oh, okay. All right. And um, I have a favorite quote of yours. Who's my daddy? No, we don't say that. <laughs> what is it? That's it says, uh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yeah, hallelujah, Jesus. So that's, one, that's your second one. Well, <laughs> yeah, who's my daddy? That's okay. my first one. All right, all right, nothing wrong with that. Because, because of what he did for me, so okay. that's, that's mine. But hallelujah, Jesus, no, that's the, that's the number one. I get you, I get you. Now, can you elaborate more on what your daddy did for you? He delivered me of, um, over 30 years of addiction, um, heroin, shooting it, cocaine, shooting it, sniffing it, um, crack, smoking it. Drinking alcohol, taking pills, I did it all. Um, rape, mental illness, I mean, um, um, lust, mental illness, all, all kinds of stuff. It, over, over 30 years, I just did it. I would rob people, not for, you know, 10, 25 dollars right. like that, $50,000. You know, oh, okay. I would, I would okay. get money like that. And um, it's tall. I'm pretty tall. I'm six feet. Mm -hmm. As big as I was, that's how big my habit was even bigger. Right, so right. So he delivered me of over 30 years of addiction. Okay, okay. And it's real interesting because um, a lot of times you don't get to talk to individuals like that, like you and uh, your success stories. Sometimes you see people and you see them out on the corner, so you're not sure what's going on with them. But you don't see too many people that you can meet and say, hey, I'm clean. I've been this way for 30 years. And to, and, and to me, that, that's really great. That's really great. Well, you I'm know? an addict no more. I that's get you. What I, I get I'm you. I'm an addict no more. I'm not recovering addict because when you're recovering for, for some, from something, it can be a quick cure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This right here, I've been delivered, delivered of all this. Okay, I get you. you I get what you're saying. Yeah, God took this. And nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about your book. Your book is the uh, Redemption from Crack House to God's House. Now, I like that. I like that 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 slogan. I like that name. Um, tell me a little bit about, about the book and what's going on inside of the book. Everything. Everything. My life from when I was young to now. Mm -hmm. The beginning of my life now. Not you know too much into it, but. The molestation, um, 
yeah, the molestation, the dysfunctional life of you know that I grew up in. Gotcha. With pimps and players and hoes and mm -hmm. and and that's the way I grew up. That's the life I I grew up. I, when we was little, my father, my stepfather was a pimp. And what happened is that every time he went away, he used to go to Canada. Right. But, I mean, I know this now. Gotcha. Not when I was little. But we thought he was Superman mm -hmm. <laughs> on, um, on TV. Right, right. Every time we watched him, oh, look at Daddy. Oh, my goodness, we can't, we don't even know. That is him. He got, they got him made up real, you know, so they, my mother protected us. Mm -hmm. You know, but now that I look, it was such a dysfunctional life that it, it, it's unbelievable. My, my mother dealing with mental illness, mm -hmm. you know, um, me being molested, mm. you know, by family, right, you right. know, just not protected at all. I get you. I but get I you. thought I was being protected. Yep. And, and, and back then, they weren't hurting you. They weren't penetrating. They didn't, mm. Nobody penetrated me. They just played with me. Mm, I get what you're and saying. And they tickled me, and I thought it was all right. Right. When a you kid know? and everything like so, that. So, yeah, I, I used to just go over to the molester's house dress up, you know, my pretty little clothes mm -hmm. and, and go over there and he used to play with me. Mm. But I didn't know it was wrong. And that, that was you. like when I was very young. Right. You know, so I grew up in, in, in things like that. We yeah. thought we we thought we lived we was rich. Mm -hmm. Because this is what my mother had us thinking. Gotcha, gotcha. Now um when did you start getting in using drugs and things like that? Well I was into I was church. I was into church. I was a born again believer. Mm -hmm. And I married my first husband. Okay. And he was also a believer, I thought. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he kept on, all of a sudden, he just kept on going out, hanging out all night. And I didn't understand it. So I said, well, babe, whatever you're doing, you can do it here. Right. Do it with me. Gotcha. Because he said, it's not another woman. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't want to bring, you know, bring you into this. I said, whatever it is, I'll do it. Right. So you're trying to please him. That's your man and everything like that. I, he, I thought he was my hero. I thought he was my everything. Gotcha. Um, I, that's what I was looking for, a hero, somebody to to save me, mm -hmm. to, to be my Prince Charming. Because gotcha. we grew up in a fantasy world like that. Right. So um, he, he one day he came, he put on his call Feel Good Music <laughs> and um, played it. It's Pad the Bell and... Who was it? Luther Vandross? No. <laughs> Pad the Bell and somebody. Okay, a they, guy? Way back in the, it was in the 80s. Right? Oh, the okay, 80s. okay. Okay, so he put on his feel-good music, and he was doing all this stuff, looking like a chemist, mm -hmm. and then brought this glass pipe to me and gave it to me, and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And he kept on giving it to me until I was hooked. Mm. He said, no, take it, do it like this. And that last one, boom, it, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. And, and what I thought was recreational, it was a lifetime situation going on. Right, right. And I'm, I remember that um, the crack epidemic started in the 80s, right? It was freebase. Yeah, okay, okay. Because I'm from D.C., so I'm familiar with it and everything mm -hmm. like that. And um, But, um, man, just to come out and, you know, talk about what you've been through, is it's, it's a big step. And I, I definitely appreciate you for, for saying that and for letting us know. You know, because, like I said, a lot of people... Don't you don't find out the other side of a person when they gave it up and they you know clean and things like like you said. But and, I, um, I never gave it up. I, I did it for over thirty years mm, wow. straight. Mm. I never. I started hoeing. It, right. It, like the, that week, 
and a matter as a matter of fact, the couple of days that I was I was I started, I was tricking off through the building. Mm. You know, it, it was like my husband was looking for me, and I was upstairs with his friend, smoking crack, butt naked. Wow! You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, he created yeah. a monster. Wow, you're right. You know, so he created a monster, and that's what I did. So what did, what did he think about it once? He, he, he once he saw he the know. situation and thing like he that. He didn't know what I was doing. Oh, okay. I never got caught. <laughs> oh, all you know, right, he, all right. He was see, he was my stepdad's one of his woman's son. Mm. This is a dysfunctional situation coming in. Okay. Uh, my mother, my, my my stepdad used to have a fish store, and he worked for them with my brothers and my brother. We set him up, mm-hmm. but it turned out to be something else. Oh, okay. You know, my first boyfriend, I liked him, and yeah, you know it. It didn't, you know, it wasn't supposed to turn out that way. Right, right. Then I had a son by him, and then we got married. Yeah. But it was one of my stepdad's hoes, mm. her son. Oh, okay, all right, wow. You know, that, so, that's that's definitely something different. Yeah, so definitely that's what happened. And so where, where my stepdad was a pimp, and he raised my um, first husband, mm-hmm. he was pimping. He called himself pimping. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I was brought up around that life so i felt comfortable in that life gotcha gotcha so that was that basically was what all you knew in a sense that's all i knew i get you i get you slamming cadillac doors (laughs) (laughs) i hear that i hear that you know so um a couple things i want to ask you now as you were doing that did you um were you 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 just you you and him living together or you were living by yourself or was it on and off thing i want to ask you one thing too if you don't mind do you have kids i have one son okay two grandsons okay so did that come before in between or after you were doing what you were doing well i had my son when i was 19. Mm -hmm. this you know because i was with terry okay well i was with him right and what happened was that uh when he told me it wasn't his son, it mm. wasn't his baby, right? And that's what he left. And so I, I was, I ended up raising my son partly by myself. So I had moved out my mother's house into my own apartment, and that's when he came in my life. Oh, okay. That's when we got together, and he got to went to church, and you know, it was just a mess. Yeah. Now, uh, when you out there doing what you were doing, did your family know about it? Did your mom know about it? Nobody your sisters? Know. Nobody knew, huh? Nobody knew. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking a lot of time some people tell somebody just to, you know, okay, I'm doing this, can you watch out for me or things like that, and then you might have somebody in your... It was like I was a very private person with that. I was embarrassed. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. And I felt guilty because I was was saved. I was a woman woman of God, and and this is what I was doing. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, so you were saved. Oh, I get what you're and saying. And he took me right up out of the church. He, while I was saved, he was sticking the straight shoot. Well, it wasn't a straight shoot. It was a pipe, a glass pipe in my mouth, mm-hmm. and showed me how to smoke crack. Wow. Wow. That's something. That's something. Um, yeah. Yeah. You. This is definitely something that's different here for me, you know. But, I, like I said, once again, I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming and letting me know what's going on. And, um, once again, just letting you know. I've been doing this for a while, but it's definitely something good that'll get me started with some information and things like that. You want to say anything? Good evening. Um, you know, I have a close relationship with Beth, so I know um, some uh, some details that 
you know, other people may not know, not anything that's a big secret, but just details. And she was just talking about that her um, family didn't know, but at some point they did know, right? Yes. Um, It was like probably a year into it. Okay. A year into it, things just got out of hand. You know, I started losing things. Mm -hmm. I started tricking and not hiding it. Okay. You know, I started doing things that base heads do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how they found out, what are you doing, Pancho? I didn't go to church no more. Yeah. You know, and and my mother and my mother and I started arguing a lot and or I'll leave my son. Mm-hmm. You you know, so things that the drug life brings mm-hmm. started showing up in my life. And so I know that it's been, it was a more than 30-year battle. Mm-hmm. And then is it just one day you decided to just say no more, or what was it? No. <laughs> uh, no. What, what, what happened was that I started one. I moved from the basement apartment that me and my second husband was in. And I got a chance to get away from the drug life. But I brought it to that apartment, but I wasn't in it so heavy. So I started to think more and more, and my family started coming around me, and I started missing my family. And so I went to a baby shower, and my aunt, my mother's sister was there, and and all my family was there. And I told them I'll be to church on Sunday, and I kept that promise. Okay. And and that's where things started changing. Yeah. So... Did it happen instantly? Because a lot of times people talk about, you know, when they give their stories or, you know, their testimonies about how they stopped doing drugs. Some people say, you know, they were, they were walking down the street and God stopped them. Or some no, people no, no, say no, no. it was instantly. How, how, did, how was it for you? No. February, February 17, 2010 is when I accepted the Lord back into my life. I kept smoking crack. Okay. I kept shooting dope. Okay. I couldn't do it on my own. I didn't know how. All I knew how to do is live that drug life. Yes. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what size shoe I wore. I didn't know how to get clothes. I didn't know anything. Right. I didn't know anything. Last time I knew, it was a Zez. Yes. And everything was new to me. Yes. So what happened is that um, I just kept on going to church, kept on going to church, and kept on going to church. And so one day, I had such a... Um, crack hangover that I couldn't make it to the morning service. Yes. So I went to First Lady's Night, and that was on May 29, 2010. Okay. It was from February to May that I kept on getting high, and so that's when the, my deliverance came. And I didn't know I was delivered until somebody from the crack house called me and said, Beth, can I get $20? I'm hungry. I'm like, well, I'll bring you food. I'm not, I'll bring you food on the way to church. I'm not giving you money. And so when I walked in there, when I opened the door, they said, put it down, put it down. That's Beth, that's Beth. Put it down. She don't do this no more. All the smoke went to my face. Now, when, when you when you smoke and crack or doing drugs and you get around it, your stomach starts turning, you got to go to the bathroom, you get all anxious and everything, that didn't happen. I said, Lord, I'm delivered. I'm set free. That's when I knew that I was set free. But that was after May 29th. So I didn't know. I was just afraid. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to touch it no more. I right. didn't feel like it, but I didn't want to go around it. Money was a trigger to me. Mm. 
you know, and, and, and that was a victory. And I, and I didn't realize that I was, I had money all the time, but when I went into that crack house and they blew all that crack smoke and, my, and nothing happened, that's when I knew I was delivered. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I know, um, I said because we have a personal relationship, I know that you've been working very hard in uh, church and in ministry and on the streets. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, what well, you do? Well, like on Thanksgiving, on holidays, Christmas, I make enough food to go to crack houses and give them plates because I know where I was. I smoked up everything. Right. You know, I might have been eating peanut butter on Thanksgiving. Right. You know, and then I go to, um, I was going, well, the methadone clinic, I was going there to t talk to them about it, my story and stuff like that, but it, that shut down some kind of way. And then like last Saturday, it, I'm going to do it every other Saturday. I've been doing it since last year, but I'm going to do it every other Saturday, going to feed the drug addicts. Like I went on mass and... Molina Cass, where all them people are, yep. and I fed all them I people, know. you know, because right. I was there. And, right. and and even with, they said, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I said, don't be embarrassed. I've been there and done that, and I tell my story. So what I do is I, I put a sub in the bag, a drink in the bag, potato chips in the bag, a track in the bag so that they can know about God, right. and a mask in the bag. You know, and and wipes in the bag so they can clean themselves up because they really can't help themselves. And if, if somebody said to me, "How can you even deal with them?" I said, "I was one of them. Gotcha. I was them at one time." Right. You know. And you started a um, uh, your own agency. I understand. Yeah, me and my ghostwriter, we got a um, LLC called Finding Hope in God, and it's you know. We're trying to make it go non We're doing a non-profit thing so that we can do more for the um, drug addicts and for the homeless. And, and what my goal is, is to get a building, mm. um, get a couple of buildings so that we can have a rehab, have some kind of something to help them. Gotcha. Because I know, I would, I, there, there was times when I looked on the ground, walking the streets, looking on the ground for something to eat, a piece of candy to put in my mouth because mm. I haven't eaten. Gotcha. You know, or been thrown out in the middle of the night in a blizzard because I didn't have no more money to crack. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It was just that life that I lived in, robbing my mother's bank account, taking advantage of people, having people pay for baby, having this man pay for babies. Um, Mister in the book, mm -hmm. he paid. He 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 paid for years. He gave me money for years for five kids that I never had. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. people aren't, aren't forgiving me. People don't trust me. I'm going through a lot still on the, right. you know, because you, the decisions you make is gonna, are going to follow you all through your whole life. That's right. That's you right. know, and, and, and it's like the choices I made, I mean, I had choices, I made decisions, and now I'm living out consequences, even with this marriage. You know, me, me and my husband, we're not together like that. Mm -hmm. We haven't been together for over, since I accepted the Lord. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? He mm -hmm. sleeps in his room, I sleep in my room, but we're there in the same house. Gotcha. You know, because of the decision I made mm -hmm. back then to marry a man because he was um, taking care of my support, my habit. Right. 
You you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just a lot going on. So it, the 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 decisions you make in that life, they're gonna they're gonna follow you. Yeah, I get you. you I'm I'm trying to write a book called Life After Addiction when reality sets in. Mm-hmm. Reality is gonna set in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, um, if you can help me out and uh, tell the audience how to get a hold of your book and um, how to book you for an interview or something like that, if somebody else wanted to talk to you so you can tell your story. Um, I'm on Facebook, Beth Ann Codrington. You can Google Finding Hope in God. Mm-hmm. There's a website. Um, I'm on Facebook. I got pages on there, Beth Ann Codrington. Just go there, inbox me. Amazon for the book. Yep. It's on Amazon. I did that Kindle. already. <laughs> yeah, Kindle. And if you want a signed copy, you can inbox me, Cash App, Finding Hope in God. Send me your address, mm-hmm. and I'll send it to you. Um, the audio book, we're in process of that, but COVID shut it down. We're right. almost finished with the audio book. That should be coming out as soon as this situation lets up some. But, yeah, I, I do. I go and I talk to, you know, people like drug treatment programs and whoever whoever wants to talk about this situation because I'm open as a matter of fact I just did a um an interview on Zoom mm-hmm. and it and it was like it went all the way to Jamaica Africa wow people you know so I did that and so when I told my testimony they were texting me they said listen stay on because we need to interview you yeah. <laughs> you know because people aren't telling this story people aren't being transparent mm-hmm. My life is an open book. Like when I first started my um, my talk show, I have a talk show called I Did It My Way. Mm. And when I first started that, I didn't know about cell phones with cameras. Gotcha. And the drug deal I was with had a man in the front, a man in the back, a woman. I mean, we was orgy mm. and just doing all kinds of terrible things. I get, yep. Mm. And he was... Right, filming everything. Filming yeah. everything, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. So... When I started my show, it was in 2012. Mm-hmm. I go on Facebook and here I am, butt up in the air, head bopping, wow. and this and that, humiliated. Yeah, yeah, of course it and was. And then I course. had to let it go mm-hmm. because of the decisions that I made. I get you. You, you. you know what I'm saying? So that it doesn't bother me. Listen, this is an open everything, mm-hmm. anything you want to know. I I don't I'm not ashamed of it at all. No more. All right, you best believe that I'm gonna um, I'm gonna read the book front and back. <laughs> and once again, um, thank you for coming, having, thank you for coming out, Beth Ann. Yes, and I appreciate anytime. you telling your story, and it was, definitely was amazing. And um, once again, I'm Larry, and I'm doing my podcast. We just getting started, and Rich is my co-host, and um, we just sometimes looking for stories and better things to do because I'm trying to do something with myself too. This is like a, um, a hobby for me. Okay. And, uh, and I like doing it. So. so so, what I really want people to know that there is hope in God. I've been to 15 different drug treatment programs that didn't work mm-hmm. throughout the th- over 30 years. But I found hope in God. I lost all hope in God. Although I knew God, I lost all hope. And, and that stuff, the, the addiction had me completely. Anybody that got my way got it. Right. You, you know, so I just want people to know that there is hope in God. Amen. Well, we're going to wrap it up, Bethann, and I appreciate it. And um, you're welcome to come on my show anytime. Call me, call me, call <laughs> right. right All right, and like I said, that was definitely uh, inspiring. Um, your, your story definitely been inspiring, and hopefully this can help you get on the map to other things as well. All right? Okay. 
Okay. Rich, you want something to say? No, just glad I was here. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, this is um, Uncle Yab and you and Gavin with Yab. Peace out.